0: Welcome back to episode three of the Worthiness Lab. This week's guest is a frequency holder. (laughs) She is a quantum practitioner in training, an intuitive mentor. You'll really hear her share just the permission to continually grow and evolve in this human experience. She is a practitioner of the human design system through the quantum lens. And we will get into what that even means if you were, like me at the time of this interview, effervescently curious and totally unclear about what it means to navigate the quantum realm. I have been blessed since the recording of this episode to have actually experienced a quantum healing session. And, whew, just Wow. <laughs> I can say with full certainty that there is potent medicine in this place. In this episode, we get into human design, specifically the authorities and how we can use kind of our specific authority to connect deeper to our knowing and our bodies and our intuition and to use what is unique to us as a way to understand how to say yes to what feels aligned with us and keeps us feeling whole and worthy, essentially. If you don't know anything about human design this may not be the episode for you as we don't get into that in any real depth about what human design is. We stick to the authorities and that specific particular component of the human design system. But if you're curious to know more, grab a chart by either googling human design or go to the link in Kelsey's Instagram bio at I am Kelsey Lauren. You do need to know the exact time you were born, and you can pull up your chart. You'll see this confusing-looking body graph with some words that probably make no sense. (laughs) But the one you'll want to connect with is the authority. In this particular episode, human. Design has been one of my favorite tools to connect my worth, to help understand different aspects of my personality and what is mine and what has been the result of conditioning and to really use it as a tool to align my life and my business with what feels best for me and the energy of how I operate in the world. Without further ado, this is Kelsey. So Kelsey, I'm so grateful to have you here today. You know, I feel like you've been through, (laughs) I don't know, maybe this is just my perception, but it seems like a really deep alchemization over the last few months. So I would love if you could give a little intro to yourself as well of just who you are, what you do in this world. I definitely want to unpack what it means to be a student of the Christosophia path and a quantum healer. We're going to dive into human design, but I also just deeply acknowledge, and I'm so excited to have you here because you do bring such a fierce compassion and just curiosity and deep integrity into your life. And so I'm so grateful to have you here. So thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for for inviting me. I feel like this conversation is just going to
1: be so magical. Being in your space just already feels very, very welcoming. That generator hug. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I don't even know where to start a lot of the time when I'm asked to kind of self- describe. And I think that's kind of the nature of being a human is when you're really acknowledging the multidimensionality of who you are, it becomes a lot harder to fit yourself into a box. I definitely feel like in a big way, I'm just such a student of life right now. Like I'm, I'm expanding and learning so many things about Myself, my being, my I amness, and expanding into a lot of different areas of interest and study and how to be a leader and step into that space holding role, but also a frequency holding role of being able to really acknowledge and honor and have reverence for my personal codes, my gifts, the templates, the commissioned work that I'm here to do and very unapologetically like stand in that and hold that down and anchor that in. And rather than coming to people at their level, in some cases, it's better to just kind of sit on the throne and invite people to meet you at your frequency. And so I'm really in a space of learning to balance that compassionate, nurturing space holder nature of myself. And then also that more kind of fierce, almost like royal feeling frequency holder as well. So that's kind of weaving into my business and
0: and my life and. Very interesting ways. I really feel that energy from you. And I love what you said about just being a student of life and not fitting yourself into this one sort of prescribed way of being. And I think that that's something so beautiful that we can all – remember for ourselves is that, you know, we can be on this one path. And a lot of us are really like have multi- are multi-passionate and have lots of beautiful interests. And yet we sort of fit in this box of shoulds like, oh, I'm on this particular path, but my soul is kind of calling me this way or calling me that way. And to really listen to those nudges and allow yourself to learn and just constantly be growing is such a beautiful thing that we can gift ourselves and our soul absolutely
1: yeah I don't know I mean I've always really struggled with the question of like what do you do because I have a million answers to that and I'm like well what do you mean what do I do like today tomorrow yesterday next year like (laughs) I feel like I'm always learning new things and and even the things that I am doing currently they're always just in this state of transition and flow and fluidity and movement. And I feel like that's like what makes life so beautiful is that you can take something like my coaching practice, for instance, and it has evolved in such a wild way since I started. And the concept of my beginning as a health coach to then being a spiritual life and business coach to then whatever it looks like today that kind of weaves in a lot of like intuitive counsel on mentorship, um, human design. There's there's some quantum wisdom. I'm training to be a quantum practitioner. And so there's so many pieces and it's just constantly growing and being built upon and changing. And I feel like that makes things so exciting, but it's all, it also makes it really hard to Answer the simple, like, what do you do question when oftentimes people are expecting a certain answer.
0: I love that you are just surrendered to the process of almost this continual death and rebirth cycle of who you are that happens, you know, daily, monthly, weekly, hourly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would love to get into some human design, but I also want to touch on quantum practitioner. The word quantum to me is such an expansive word. Like mm-hmm. I think about quantum leaps financially and like collapsing time and just quantum holds a really expansive vibration for me. Like I I feel like I can dance into quantum, but I don't actually have a single idea what quantum practitioner entails. So
1: I came to... A, a community. We, we like to refer to it colloquially as the quantum community. I mean, there's so many beautiful people, practitioners, healers, people that are just attuned, tapped into the quantum fields. And that's essentially just the energy, everything around us. We're, we're a part of that. We're a fabric of that quantum field. And everything is within that. It's it's our DNA, it's traumas, it's gifts, it's it's all that we know. And so I began my journey. Dream- journey in quantum healing practitioner training under uh, my beautiful teacher Ayana Rose. She has this program called the True Gnosis program and it's been life-changing, very life-altering. And we were exposed in sometimes gentle, sometimes triggering ways to the quantum world and the Christosophia path is, is what we choose to practice. And so that is essentially coming into oneness and you do that through your inner union in in recognizing and cultivating, healing the inner masculine and feminine principles within you, within your heart space. And as you do that, you begin to connect with the, the Godhead, the principles of the masculine and feminine, the Christos, Sophia, that make up the universe, the world, everything that we know. And so as you do that, you learn how to, as a practitioner anyways, work within the quantum fields with quantum energy They're so many different areas of focus for quantum practitioners. Some people are commissioned to be in healing capacities, some in grid work and working with the planetary energy. Some people are here to do a lot of work healing darkness on the planet and reclaiming the innocence, the Sophia within each of us and on the planet. So there's there's a lot of different kind of areas of specialty that each practitioner brings to the table um, and has very unique co to step into. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very much immersed in that kind of process of, of unraveling what it is that I'm here to do and understanding how the quantum fields work and, and what that energy feels like and how it is to embody that Holy Mother, that Holy Father energy, that compassion and protection and the innocence of Sophia and the truth and discernment of the Christos and be able to merge that together. That's really what we're kind of embodying, learning how to integrate and embody. And then, as a practitioner, quantum work, you would essentially, as a healer anyways, be able to go into the fields, into other people's fields, into people's light bodies. The light body is uh, essentially our our storage system for for all that belongs to us. It stores our DNA, our traumas, our ancestral wisdom, gifts. There's so many things in the light body. It's built in this beautiful architecture. And so as a practitioner, you get to go in and view that in other people and see what's going on in there and kind of perform form what a, a bit of a psychic surgery, I, I guess is the best way to describe it. Where you can go in and run beautiful energy when you're in integrity, commissioned and, and initiated into the work, you can go and do that safely and help to heal things, help to seal cracks, help to reclaim parts and fragments of people's being and soul and light body. And that's that's really kind of the foundation. The quantum, to me, is the root of everything. Um, anything that happens in the quantum begins to then trickle out into the mental, the emotional. And then lastly, in the physical, where we experience it here on the 3D. So the quantum is kind of that whole range of every dimension, of every facet, of every everything we could possibly conceptualize, and then some. Hopefully that answers your question a little yeah.
0: bit. Thank you for sharing that. It seems like there's a real ability to heal sort of intergenerational imprints of, of trauma and conditioning and to connect us deeper into that sort of core truth. And mm, to really feel into kind of like our sacred mission when you sort of clear out all of the debris that's in the way. Yes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, as we've learned, one of the primary traumas as as we incarnate as human beings on the planet is this like almost being put into an amnesia, forgetting our lineage. We forget where we came from cosmically, ancestrally. We forget our gifts. We, we have all of that kind of stripped away as we enter the earth field. And so quantum work is, in a way, a method by which you can reclaim that. And a lot of that is, yes, that ancestral piece and and being able to go into those ancestral timelines and past lives and and be able to identify where those root traumas came from and either heal it or even just sometimes witnessing it is enough to help collapse that out and move that energy through the system. And I mean, I had a beautiful experience over the holidays with my own family and just witnessing the physical result of being in deep devotion to this work. Um, I've been very committed to my own inner healing and addressing my own ancestral patterns and and pains that have come up through my lineage. And a lot of that is is survivors of World War II. Um, We have a Polish background and there's a lot of pain and scarcity and fear and my mom actually expressed this, and she had expressed that it was often really difficult for her to embody her worth and really stand up for herself and have very clear boundaries. And I was just so proud of her. She she was able to do that in such a way that felt very empowering and was still gentle and honored. After she told me that, she was also reflecting that in, in doing that and in seeing how different how difficult it had been for her whole life to really set boundaries and say no and feel that that very deep seated worthiness it really helped to kind of bring up some of her her childhood experiences and her um her Adolescent experiences around worthiness in her body and her relationship with her mother, and how that all unfolded. And so it was just it was such a mind boggling experience to just see all of the work um, kind of come in and be spread into my own family and my own lineage. And I think that's just such a beautiful testament to just how profoundly impactful it is to to do the work because you have no idea how it's going to ripple and affect your ancestors and your lineages seven years back and seven years forward and everywhere in between?
0: Oh, my chest is like so tingly. (laughs) Everything (laughs) you just said brings, oh, it gives me all the feels. I really, there's so so much in what you just said. And I really want to honor you in the way that you hold such deep integrity for your work and your deep commitment to your continual kind of excavation of self as you're on this journey. Because I think that really, it's just such a beautiful thing to witness. And I really appreciate and am grateful for your presence in this world. Um, So that was a side note, but... (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it really sounds like quantum work is this like deep transpersonal work. And I love what you had said about in just witnessing... How much that can ripple in just witnessing these deeper parts of ourselves that we have stifled or rejected or not felt in our worth around and just allowing that to come forward and witness that is so transformative. But then to also see the layer of in your mom's situation standing up for herself and owning that she Struggled with boundaries and wasn't in her worth to name that as well is so beautiful. And especially in the family system, because sometimes I, and I mean, I know this isn't true for everyone, but within those family systems, it can sometimes be really, really hard to have those kinds of conversations.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I went through a bit of a reckoning in my life in 2018 where my career in marketing fell apart, my apartment had to be moved out of. I lost my job. I had just broken my ankle um, months prior and was kind of just like still on my healing journey. And that's kind of what catalyzed me into my work. And I had always been very fiercely independent. Asking for help was not a strong suit of mine. And I had to move back in with my parents for a year and a half. And let me tell you that year and a half was not sunshine and rainbows. Um <laughs> there was a lot of headbutting, a lot of conflict, a lot of um, just power dynamic struggles around boundary setting around um, honoring energetic sovereignty. I was very much like in the throes of unraveling of Crumbling. It was like the tower and tarot was happening to my life over and over and over again. And I'm I'm very grateful that my parents were there and available and opened their home to me again. I mean, I know a lot of people don't have that as an option, but it certainly isn't easy, um, especially as an adult adult child, moving back in when you've been out for so long with your own rules, your own systems. Um, And then of course, trying to unpack all of your own traumas to be almost put back where they all began in certain senses and really have to relearn those relationship dynamics. So that was, I think it took a lot for us to be able to come out of that on the other side. And and I'm just incredibly proud of my family for how devoted they've been to to healing themselves and, and attending to themselves. And I think in some ways, I was a little bit of an inspiration in that. I was very, very devoted to my path. And you would find me at the kitchen table journaling it out every day or meditating or doing kundalini challenges for 40 days at a time. and. I think it was, it definitely rubbed off more after I left, Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a really beautiful process, even though there was a lot of infighting (laughs) to
0: witness what came out of it. Mm, It's wonderful how we can really mirror that change and that it is sort of those subtle nuances of just observing And inspiring, maybe not immediately, but down the road. Mm -hmm. Something that came through as you were speaking was just the sort of like grief-filled initiations of of doing, quote unquote, the work. Because, you know, I think it's really easy to talk about the meditation and the journaling and the yoga. There's also this layer of what is being journaled and what is coming through in meditation that maybe feels intuitive, but deeply uncomfortable or you know the challenge of listening to the body can be deeply difficult oh my god
1: i don't even know where to start unpacking this i i have a friend Corey, uh lee on instagram and she often refers to herself as a shadow surfer and i like every time i hear her say it i'm like yep been there Yeah, I don't know. I tend to have had to learn my life lessons via two by four rather than metaphor most most cases. So I've had a lot of unravelings, a lot of rock bottoms, a lot of like really having to face the absolute polarity of what my exalted self would be, my my deepest shadow, the things that I'm most ashamed of, most angered by, most pained with. And I've, I've had so many of those situations where the only choice was to reconcile and integrate it because it would have destroyed me otherwise. And so I think some of us are, are definitely commissioned to <laughs> have to navigate life in that way in some capacities. And, and I think it's a really beautiful process to be able to look at all of those really challenging to acknowledge parts of yourself and of life and and be able to shed light on it and accept it and hold space for it. And I think that really lends beautifully to having compassion for other people as they're going through their process as well. Um, And that's been a big initiator for me.
0: It's so beautiful when we do that deeper shadow work. And I mean, I'm all about that. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. It's my favorite thing to bring up those kind of like sticky, gooey, uncomfortable, I don't love this about me pieces and just giving it a seat at the table to say, hey, I see you. I know you don't feel worthy. I know you don't feel enough. I know you feel too much. What do you have to say? Like, what do you need to feel safe? What do you need to feel heard? And nurturing that piece of us, just like it just brings us back to self because when we're not aware of those of those parts of ourselves then we're just operating from this place of disillusion like i know when i wasn't aware of my shadow to the extent that i am now i operated so deeply from this place of just wanting people to like me and being yes. afraid to show my true self and use my voice for fear of some like unconscious energetic dynamic <laughs> shifting so it's just so beautiful when we can acknowledge the shadow and it is, you know, it's got the learning curve and the grief and it's, it's deep work, but it's also so beautiful when you kind of come to the other side and you realize that healing, well, there's lots of grief filled initiations. It doesn't need to be like muck all of the time, you know, mm-hmm. you can work on your shadow and still <laughs> enjoy life. it's a both and and finding the dance and the duality is so beautiful. Human design was really big for me in unpacking some of some of my shadow. And I would love if there is if you could chat a little bit about sort of like the intersection of human design and quantum healing, like I, I can see the ways that those are so supportive. And yeah, just if you had anything to mention on that. And then I have some human design questions about worthiness that are coming up. Beautiful. Quantum work, as I
1: understand it, is kind of intersects with human design. Um, I think the first thing to address is acknowledging that in any and every system that has been Channeled, man made, anything that has come through a human vessel inherently has distortion. And I think that for me has been a really liberating thing to acknowledge. When I first started doing quantum work, there was almost a part of me that felt afraid of consuming anything because I didn't want to take in anything that was distorted. And that's just not possible as a human being. So I really like to look at human design as like putting on my human design glasses and seeing through the lens of human design and acknowledging that it is an imperfect, incomplete system, but it does have a lot of value and wisdom in terms of guiding our inner standing and guiding our ability to be in the world in a very embodied and fully expressed way. And When I first experienced my human design chart, it felt it felt very overwhelming just looking at it there were so many moving pieces and it was really challenging to wrap my head around and conceptualize very similar to how quantum quantum work felt <laughs> for me as well and the more that i sat with it the more i started to really attune to the subtle pieces of human design and the feeling of energy and how it came through my body and came through my vessel and that's kind of how i've grown into human design in my practice. So the human design system was a really powerful tool in being able to give some context and languaging to those energetics. And that was such a beautiful thing to have access to, because I think oftentimes it can be really hard to verbalize what we know, like an inner gnosis or what we're feeling or something that's happening more in the body than it is in the mind. And one of the things that I love the most about human design is there's there's a concept in there called authority. And that's, that's your inner decision-making system, your compass, your connection to your inner wisdom. And none of them have anything to do with being in the mind rationalizing logical it's all about dropping into the body and attuning and connecting with the subtle energies within you and that's where you self-source that wisdom and to me that that is the foundation of the intersection between quantum and human design is that that ability to go inward and self-source and start to cultivate that inner union is what cultivates that union with the Godhead and connects you into the quantum fields and allows you to move from that space of true embodied wisdom.
0: Mm, Yes, because nothing ever gets done in the mind except for tasks in the physical world. I love that you touched on just the discernment of not ever accepting one thing as truth. And Mm -hmm. that's such a beautiful lesson that we can all take into all areas of our life. If 2020 taught us nothing, it's that we know nothing. (laughs) Yeah. We are not aware of truth and that we need to be open to exploring other truths and other realities and other dimensions of the world around us, but also within ourselves and within our minds and the stories that our minds tell us. And I love that you talked about the authority. Uh, That was exactly where I wanted to go with you into human design. So you gave me a human design reading at a really interesting time in my life where I was really struggling to discern between what is my intuitive self And what is trauma? What is limiting beliefs? What is a block that's inhibiting me from receiving? I mean, there's many, many layers to that, but a few that I really see in totality now are just the ways that we reject our intuitive self and make it mean that we're broken instead. And we Mm -hmm. dive into this sort of like self-exploration journey, trying to like navigate what this little nudge means about us. When intuition is so flowing, it's so free. It doesn't have to make sense. It's not logical. It's not rational. So we don't need, we don't need to go on that journey of the why. And you really invited me into my sacral authority. So I'm a generator. And is it true that all generators have a sacral authority? No.
1: So some generators have what's called emotional authority when they have their solar plexus. So the brown triangle on the right, when that's colored in and defined, that gives them emotional authority, which means that for them, there is no truth in the now. They really are designed to slow down attuned to their emotional wave, they experience life on an emotional spectrum. And that's very normal for them. And it's very correct for them to be in that process in order to feel out the highs, the lows, everything in between, and come to a point of clarity once they've had the chance to be in that process. And so some generators, in fact, every I think every type other than reflectors can have emotional authority. So sometimes... That is, that is the way that people make decisions. And that's actually the first authority. If you were to go in, I guess, in sequence, the sacral would be the next one. Sacral is a beautiful authority to have. It's a very reliable in the moment, very connected to your your. Body truth, um, yes or no? That energetic rising and expanding, or contracting and and depleting uh, sensation. So I, I would love to hear what that feels like for you.
0: Mm-hmm. So anyone who's listening, who is like, "What is going on?" Go to <laughs> Kelsey's Instagram. I am Kelsey Lauren, and you can download, or I think you have a link in your in your bio to pull up your Human Design chart. And maybe we can do another episode on what is human design. But I feel like people can get kind of the gist and I really want to go into more of the authority um, in relation mm-hmm. to connecting to our body and connecting to our worth and our knowing and our intuition. Because that's that's been probably the foundational really, really big piece that I have pulled from human design. What I had to do when you told me about this sacral authority and this discernment between not asking myself open-ended questions, but really tuning into like, yes, no questions and asking my sacral how that felt. And so for probably about three months, I would go for a walk. And I would just at every corner, I would stop and I would say right or left. And I would just feel into sort of my root area into how that felt for me. And then I started meditating and asking, I would ask my, it felt like I was asking my womb, but I'm asking sacral zone of like, show me yes and show me no. And there's a very subtle energetic shift when I ask myself those questions. When I say show me yes, my energy sort of pulsates in this parallel way um, back and forth. And when I ask show me no, it moves in this really subtle horizontal way. And so I started to ask myself really, really basic, simple decisions through the day yes, no questions. And I would follow that sacral nudge. And it's been such a beautiful way to ground into my body, to root into the earth, to just feel what yes and no feels like in my body. And anytime that I feel disconnected, I'll just sort of sit with myself and repeat, show me yes, show me no, show me yes, show me no. And so I'm so grateful that you taught me that because it has literally moved leaps and bounds in my life.
1: Mm, I love that. I've never heard anybody kind of develop that process. And I think that's such a beautiful way to connect with your sacral energy for sure. I love that.
0: So you've touched on emotional. Maybe we can go into splenic or the next ones.
1: Yeah. So splenic authority, that is my wheelhouse. So the solar plexus is the home of emotions. It's one of the awareness centers. The sacral is one of our motor centers and it's life force. It's creative energy. It's sexual energy. It's reproduction. The spleen is the oldest energy center of the nine. And it's all about instinct, intuition. It's the home of fear. The way it works is very abstract. It kind of comes in and goes out just as fast and Oftentimes people with splenic authority, or even sometimes those that don't have splenic authority but have a defined spleen center, will sometimes find that they just know. They don't know why or how they know something, but they know it, and it's very illogical. And it's just this intuitive, instinctive knowing. And so that's my inner authority. And developing a relationship with that splenic illogical knowingness has been a bit of a journey where the sacral is a yes, no, and the emotional wave is a very like, there is a spectrum of that emotionality. The spleen speaks in very strange ways. And sometimes um, as you develop a relationship with that splenic authority, it'll come through in a very sensory or tactile way. Way, and you'll hear yourself. I, I often will catch myself speaking and articulating my splenic wisdom and it took me a while to attune to it, but oftentimes people with splenic wisdom will say things like, that looks really beautiful or I can smell BS from a mile away. This isn't where I'm going to go. It's, it's that very like sensory cue type of information. That one's a little bit of an enigma to kind of wrap your head around if that's your authority, but it's very fun. People with splenic authority Authority are definitely meant to be super in the moment, highly connected to their intuitive process and just kind of flow with where life takes them.
0: It seems a little bit kind of impulsive. Like, oh, I just yes. know. So I got to do this now.
1: Absolutely. So, okay. The next one that we're going to go into would be, it's called ego authority. So it's when your heart center is defined and none of the other three that we just mentioned are. And it's, what's really interesting is as you were mentioning worth, the heart center is the home of willpower and worthiness, desire, money, power, all of that is in the heart space, in the ego space. And so those with ego authority is what it's called in human design, are really meant to closely attune themselves to their heart's desire. A really good question is to ask yourself if this is your authority. Is my heart in this? Is my heart behind this? Do I have the will to do this? Is this in alignment with what I value? Is this in integrity? A lot of those kind of questions do a really good job of kind of pulling out that heart wisdom. And so what's really interesting as you were talking about, I'm going to tangent for a minute. As you were talking about worthiness, this particular energy center, if it is defined for you, so colored in and red in your chart, you kind of have this natural relationship with worthiness, this innate kind of sense of your self-worth and those of us who have it undefined, worthiness can often be a really big struggle and challenge for us. There is a very big desire to prove worthiness through production, through overcommitting. So this center is kind of the home of all things worthiness in the human design chart. So very important one to kind of unpack and understand the dynamic and the energy of as it relates to where you struggle with feeling and experiencing that deep, authentic worthiness and that enoughness in your body.
0: If you don't have the ego authority, but your heart center is undefined, meaning it's white, not colored in, is, does that same rule apply there? The heart center is related to worthiness for all people, regardless of authority.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when you're undefined in any center in your human design chart, anywhere that there's whiteness in your chart, um, that is where you are most open to receiving conditioning. And I mean, the premise of the human design system is to understand where you must decondition to return to your homeostasis. And I think there's been a little bit of rhetoric around this deconditioning process that has almost villainized conditioning and... I just want to debunk that. Conditioning is not always a bad thing. It's actually where you're open, a very prominent source of where you're here to become very wise. And so for those of us with an undefined heart center, we're here to become very wise on our relationship with worthiness, on our relationship with values a relationship with integrity, acknowledging that we don't have consistent access to willpower. And so each center, when it's undefined, there's kind of a key question to ask, to, to kind of check in to see if you're operating from a space of conditioning or if you're operating from a space of embodiment. And the one for the heart center is, is what am I trying to prove? Or am I trying to prove anything? And so that's a really good tell if you've got an undefined heart to kind of filter any decisions that you're making with that question in mind and asking yourself, am I saying yes to this because I'm trying to prove that I'm worthy or enough or good or trying to compete with somebody else and be able to adjust accordingly as you acknowledge that?
0: These questions are so beautiful to just inspire that inner reflection and bring us back into the body and out of the mind. And
1: so mm-hmm. it's really
0: nothing to Hold judgment towards, but more just to see it as this beautiful invitation of all the areas that you're able to grow.
1: Yes, yeah, and so I guess I'll quickly just
0: wrap up the authorities, Um, and
1: then we can kind of go into into other rabbit holes. But so some people, this will be kind of going into the realm of the projector. There will be some that have their identity, so the the golden try or diamond in the center will be to find the the G center is what it's called that diamond is the home of identity purpose direction the i-amness of us all our sense of self-love uh, is rooted in there so those that have self-projected authority are really designed to be able to talk out where it is that they're meant to go. They, they are really able to like express, self-express um, their decisions through their voice. And so they need to be able to have sounding boards that are very trusted, that are very unbiased and supportive and able to receive that so that these particular individuals can hear the answers through the transmission of their own voice. The next one we have is mental authority, I believe. And so that is also the realm of the projector. And these people are very very open, very sensitive. And so they're constantly getting feedback based on the quality of the environment and the people that they're in. And it's very important for these people to drop into their bodies, although it's called mental projection. It's really about allowing the centers that you have undefined to feed information to you through your body, attuning you to the goodness of the environment for you. And so it's really important. Ambiance is a really important thing for these people the energy, the vibe is really important for these people as well. So again, very important for them to get very familiar with what Feels good in their body and what doesn't. And then we've got the realm of reflectors, which is considered an outer authority. And so these particular individuals, they're 1% of the population. They are completely undefined and they're very much designed to receive conditioning and be able to mirror that back to the collective and let us know how we're doing. And so for reflectors, as it comes to decision-making, it's very important for them to wait a full transit cycle. To, to gain some sort of regularity in their chart as the planetary bodies, particularly the lunar body, transits the full chart. It activates each of the 64 gates. And so as a reflector... Spends time in their body, they're receiving that information from each of those gate activations, which can then help them kind of connect with a consistency within them to make big decisions.
0: What are like a practice that each person could do to really honor and listen to themselves? You know, if you're someone who has that sacral authority, tapping into what does yes feel like, what does no feel like, and sort of beginning to cultivate that relationship. You know, the mental authority maybe that's creating a little altar or kind of creating this intentional time to be with yourself and with your body to really feel into the physical, emotional sensations and letting that kind of come through in this confined sort of sacred space that you've created with the reflectors, Mm -hmm. being able to spend like almost that full cycle, like a (laughs) 28-day (laughs) <laughs> waiting yeah. through all the four phases of the cycle to really assess your different mental states, your energetic states, your emotional states around, say, a decision that you are trying to kind of unpack. So thank you for sharing that.
1: My pleasure.
0: In the essence of worthiness, I really wanted to touch on the authority as this way to connect to our intuition, because I really feel that in listening to our bodies, we come home to our worth. Mm -hmm. And listening to the wisdom of sort of that soul nudge, we are able to discern where in our lives we are maybe self-abandoning to try to please others or walking a path that isn't totally aligned with our truth. And I think human design is such a beautiful tool to use as just help bring you closer to yourself.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, first and foremost, every time i've had a reading the feedback that i've received has been that it was almost permission giving and affirming of i'm i'm never telling you anything that you don't know in a session it's more of a reminder and a And letting you know that you have the licensing to actually do what it is that feels good in your body. And sometimes we need that reminder. We need to be allowed sometimes externally to truly validate ourselves into stepping into that, stepping into what it is
0: to be us. Permission is probably one of my favorite words. I love gifting myself permission. I love when people give me permission. It's just this softening of it's okay to be yes yeah thank you so much you are so articulate and in flow and I'm so grateful to have you here first and foremost if you need a human design reading which you probably totally do (laughs) because they're incredible (laughs) uh, you can book those through the link in Kelsey's bio on her Instagram. I am Kelsey Lauren, but let us know where else we can find you. I want to hear about your soul sovereignty container. I want to hear about what you've got going on in the world. Tell us everything. Uh,
1: Yes. First and foremost, thank you so much for having me on here. This conversation has been so nourishing and I just, uh, I so welcome being here and being in your energy. It's so beautiful. As far as working with me, finding me, connecting with me, um, Instagram is a really great place to do that. Everything that's kind of relevant and important is linked in my bio. I am kind of beginning to divest from Instagram as a platform. So I have opened up my own community on Mighty Networks called The Realm. Roundtable Commons. There's already so much beautiful, juicy conversation connection. There's a marketplace in there, a directory to find really beautiful people. So that's a really great place to go. That's again, linked in my bio. My website is also home to all of these things. So that's kelsylauren.life. Um, And as Kyra said, I do have those HD wisdom sessions if you want a human design reading, but my baby is the soul sovereignty container and enrollment is open. I'm receiving applications now and it's a four month journey that will guide us through so many things, starting with human design and energetic sovereignty, and then starting to really move into some quantum wisdom, uh, unpacking the divine feminine masculine principles and understanding at a very high level, hieros gamos in the union within that high heart area and then sort of t- t- kind of dismantling uh, some of the inversions. So the victim victimizer templates, doing some inner child healing and looking at some of that ancestral work. So there's so much in the soul sovereignty container. It's, it's a really beautiful space to be met where you are, have space held and also receive some really frequency rich codes that I, I find are they're just they've they've moved me in such a way just bringing them through so
0: Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Kelsey's voice is so velvety. I could listen to her forever. I realize we may have left you curious about human design and needing to know more, so I cannot recommend enough booking a reading with Kelsey. They are so life-affirming and permission-giving. Kelsey's Soul Sovereignty Container is open for enrollment. This includes a human design session as well as quantum healing sessions and so, so, so much more. So check that out via the link in her bio and Instagram, or I'll also link it in the show notes. As always, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to connect with you deeper and get to know many more avenues of remembering wholeness here at the Worthiness Lab.